Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Stance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, he's about to be the third Kardashian to announce his pregnancy this podcast. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? I didn't think my baby bump was showing that much, man, but I guess it is. So, uh, yeah, uh, good news for me, I guess. Congrats to you, becoming another member of the Kardashian clan. To, you know, it's uh, not actually that loud. It's not that hard to become a member of that group. Um, doesn't take a lot of effort. I just kind of laid there, uh, let the other person do all the work. I won't tell you who the father is. That's fair. Hey, nine months from now, tune in. <laughs> Will do. We're going <laughs> to check out your uh, your special. You took a lot of naked pictures to make this happen. Um, I wasn't proud of you then, but I'm proud of you now, so good for you. Hey, we got funding for the show, and that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. And you got uh, spun it off into a makeup line, which I'm very excited about. Cowan, yeah. the makeup hey, line. Men need makeup, too. Mm-hmm. I'm a big concealer guy. No, just kidding. Ooh, I have pretty good skin. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of us weren't so lucky, James. Some of us had to take medicine for our skin. All right. Can't all be blessed. <laughs> Can't. We got a great show today, Greg. Um, we will talk never again about the Kardashians. Uh, I'm sorry I brought that up, but I, okay. you know, it was topical. It is. Um, we're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk a lot about the NBA. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the MLB. Uh, I got a fun little uh, rant and segment that I'm going to throw on the end of it. Uh, but before we get into any of it, Greg, uh, before we get into all the goodness, it is week three in the NFL uh, and everything from NBA world. Uh, how are you? What's going on with you? I'm good. I mean, you know, I had a nice little weekend. I had family come over, hang out, uh, found out my in-laws who had a dog a few months ago that passed away after like 15 years. Super old dog. So sad, but not like totally sad. Uh, they're they're going to be getting a new uh, dog uh, this weekend. They finally caved. They're like, we just need one. So now my puppy will now have a cousin. Or an aunt. That's awesome. You do a little pl- puppy play date sort of thing? Yeah. And uh, apparently I met my neighbor's dog the other day, and they're like, yeah, bring your dog over anytime now because your dog's adorable. Wow. Hey, look at you. The dog's already paying dividends. It's making getting, you hang out with your in-laws and your neighbors. I can so- personally think of nothing worse, but <laughs> that sounds like it's right up your alley. So It is. It is. It's very up my alley. You know me, James. I'm yeah. a big in-law guy. I do. <laughs> yeah. That literally sounds like just about the worst thing in the entire world just hanging out constantly with my in-laws and my neighbors but hey you know do what you gotta do yeah <laughs> get it whatever you gotta do to survive this world you do it and that's what i need to do i need to Big hang out in laws hey one of my, our my father-in-law's the intro voice of the guy that says the sports dance in our beginning so you know what that's, that's true that's the type of guy i am credit where credit's due but enough about me and my in-law obsession how are you i'm really good so I picked the up deuce. the new, I picked up the new, well, the deuce is good. I'm going to go ahead and preface that. Deuce is very good. Watch episode three just aired on HBO. Nice. We love it. Um, James Franco, man. Two mustaches. This is a two mustache performance from James Franco. I know. It bothered you last week. It's still an, it's still an issue with you? No, I mean, I think it's kind of a feat of strength at this point. He, he can pull off, he can, he can perform a two mustache performance week in and week out um i mean that's that's kind of up there that's Are that's up there in terms of, no no oh, okay so not I mean, at all that's not as impressive if it was like one was like a handlebar mustache and one was like you know like a little shorter like plain like tom Selleck type i would have been more impressed that's fair the hair is slightly different the hair is really the only differentiating quality uh, well, it's two different people yeah exactly both with mustaches so yeah. it's a two mustache james franco uh one of the classic two mustache james francos so definitely check that out uh, but I also picked up the new NBA 2K. And nice. uh, 
Whereas your new acquisition, your dog, is going to make you more social and more responsible and make you hang out with people more. Uh, mine is the exact opposite. Mine shut me right in. I did get Madden. I did get Madden actually like a few days ago. So I'll be somewhat anti-social. Madden, uh, Madden is like the biggest shrug to me in the entire world. Madden's yeah, like, we've got, there's nothing for us here. We're just, we're Madden. Fine. Pick us up. That's, that's basically what I do. But I'm also not as skilled at the NBA 2K as you probably are. I do okay. I do okay with myself. Um, and I actually do okay with myself, literally, because 2K has a new face scanning app. So you can actually take your phone out and scan your face into the game. And it's a delight playing as, as gorgeous? Me. I was going to say, are you as gorgeous in the game as you are in real life? Because my girlfriend now has this is running joke where she really likes virtual James because he, he looks like me except he's six foot four he's muscular and he plays basketball professionally so I mean like every single night she's like where's virtual James yeah you better watch like, out you should pay attention to real James because your real virtual James stuff is Mr. Steel your girl yeah virtual me is gonna make me real me sit fat on the couch playing video games and she's gonna go and leave me for him yeah I can't she's blame her he's a good looking he has a real job kid. he makes millions <laughs> I have a real job. It is certainly do not make millions. I certainly don't play basketball. That's that's the key point. It's the millions aspect, really, of that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. In fact, as she is gone for the night, she's at a function, work function. So as soon as we hang up here, uh, that that's the rest of my night. I'm pretty excited. Do we need to wrap this up now? Like, do you forget all sports talk? Do you just want to go? Yeah, we're good, yeah, right? We're all set. Episode, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, there were some sports that happened this weekend. Hey. I'm sure if you didn't check it out, you should. It's on ESPN. Figure it yeah. out. You know, what are you doing? This is the internet. Go get it. No, we'll stay. All right, fine. Let's get into it then. because We've had enough fun, fun small talk. Um, all right, we want to start off with the NBA this week. And Greg, this was a hell of a week. Uh, it's not the NBA, sorry. Whoa. I was going to say, we you know could. What? It's been an interesting week in the NBA. It kind of has taken a lot of news. Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to, we're just going to cut all this right now. And we're going to say, we're starting off with the NFL. Yeah, the most <laughs> important league in the country. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this is a hell of a week for the NFL. It was a blast watching these games. Uh, quick disclosure, we're not going to touch any of the political things that are going on there. Enough this of it is, out there. <laughs> this is not the place for it if you need to find your political opinions. Um, it, the, the entire internet is talking about it right now. So we are going to be counterculture and not talk about it. Yeah, we're going to be the cool hipster kids and do the opposite. Yeah, exactly. It's important that you do look it up and formulate your own opinion, but it's not important that uh, two white guys, you know, in the eastern part of the United States who have literally had zero adversity in their lives tell you anything about how to feel about any of this situation. Yeah, if you have a really strong opinion and you want to share with us, please do, but don't expect a response back. Yeah, great. Good for you. Um, we have opinions. We're going to keep them to ourselves. Sounds good. Everyone good? We'd like to Great. keep our listeners, and we'd like them to increase. We don't want anybody to be like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to turn off my headphones. Right. Okay. Ready? Break. Okay. Great. NFL this week. Awesome. Yeah, it oh. was great. Oh, that there was that 15 minute like span of the after the, on the end of the one o'clock games that it was just like you don't get better than that. If you don't have red zone, well, I felt bad for you because I don't have red zone, and I felt bad for me. Yeah, exactly. No, this is a great week. Um, this is legitimately great. The first two weeks were pretty tough. All things considered, the quality of play wasn't there. Is this how the NFL is going to be now because of the you know, limited practices and the fact that no one actually plays during preseason? Are the first two games essentially preseason games and like sloppy playing? You know, or basically the entire month of September is going to be semi-sloppy until they kind of play into game shape? 
Yeah, I think you never really see those like hard grind out games until like November. And especially when you look at guys like Zeke Elliott, who was, am I going to be suspended? Am I not going to be suspended? I saw a shot of him today where it showed him with the cutoff jersey at Ohio State compared to now. And uh, he's looking a little more like Eddie Lacy than, uh, you know, uh, not. So, Yeah, tough, tough look. But the games are fantastic. So what we want to do to recap this week um, is we want to – we have four questions that we're going to answer about this week because there was a lot of surprises. There was. A lot of things that, none of, that neither of us were expecting. So I think that we want to tackle them all um, kind of in these succinct four ways. Uh, and the first one that I'm going to post to you, Greg, because there's a lot of this, a lot of this this week, was what was the most surprising team? What was the most surprising win coming from a bad team? So the bad team that won that surprised you the most? You know, there's a lot of choices, James, and I don't know if I'm going to take any of yours. There was like four, <laughs> okay, there was like four or five teams this week that are bad, but they yeah. won. First one I'm taking out of the whole thing is the Colts because they faced the Browns, and it's kind of like a one bad team had to win. That could have so, gone either way. Good call. Yeah. Yep. So looking at the other teams, looking at the different matchups, I have to say it may be the same as you. The most shocking and most surprising bad team good win, it has to be the Bears against the Steelers. Yeah, that's probably the right, that's probably the right answer. I mean, if that was yours, I'm sorry. I could throw out another one. No, it's fine. But, Keep uh, going. You know, Bears won 23-17 in overtime. Uh, you know, the joke was because of the protest this week and the Steelers not coming out, they just never came out of the locker room for this game. And, uh, you know, that's what happened. <laughs> but this offense that's supposed to be so outstanding nice. for the Pittsburgh Steelers, we keep talking about it. They're not doing anything. I mean, they've had one decent week. The other weeks have been bad. They barely beat the Browns, and that was basically because of their defense, special teams. And then they lose to a Bears team that, yeah, it was in Chicago. Chicago's tough to play in. Their field, everybody always complains, but that's no excuse. You're supposed to be, according to ESPN, the number one ranked team in power rankings. And you come out, you basically lay an egg because 17 points for that offense shouldn't be happening. You see Le'Veon Bell looks like he's in preseason mode. He's not doing anything. He's got like a touchdown this game, but it doesn't really matter. Antonio Brown's the only one really doing anything for that team. So I got to give credit to the Bears. Their running game looked good. They made big plays when they had to. They held down a solid offense and... I mean, it impressed me. It showed me that, hey, maybe the Bears get five or six wins and, you know, take down a team or two that's trying to vie for a playoff spot, and the Bears may be the reason they miss. Yeah, I think the Bears is probably the right the right call here. The right call would have been the Bengals if Aaron Rodgers wasn't, you know, like Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, the Jets were almost there just because everybody thought they were going to be 0-16. Yeah, but you can't, you can't, you know. Yeah. It's you can't give them credit for beating the human shrug emoji and Jay yeah. Cutler on the road right. at home. Was it really a win if you beat Jay Cutler? Right, no. exactly. The only other one that I would accept would be the Bills. So the Bills beat that's the That's who I almost picked. Yeah, that's a good, that would probably be a good call. And I'm telling you, that game, the Bills look legitimately like a, de- like a good team. Like oh, a yeah. good team, not even yeah. like, a bad, like a whatever team. Like, so there was this big weird controversy at the beginning of the year. Not controversy, but kind of like, oh, they're trying to get rid of Tyrod Taylor and they don't really know who's going to start at the quarterback. I don't know what that they were looking at, man, because Tyrod Taylor, the game that I watched, that dude can play. Oh, he I can. Mean, and LaShawn McCoy did nothing for them, so he had to ball out. Yeah. I, I don't, like, I mean, there's there's plenty of other players who can qualify for this, but he's got to be at least in the top three for uh, making throws on the run. That oh, yeah. dude's constantly doing, like, the QB bootleg around, and uh, he had that one, like, 30-yard toss to the tight end where, you know, he basically a beautiful back shoulder throw, you know, going to his left side. 
Um, I thought that he was really impressive against the t- against that team. Um, you know, Simeon, maybe maybe not the QB god that we all thought he was that after uh, last week. Unbelievable. I, I mean, how do you, the power of Zeus that seemed to be sucked out of him? I guess so. I, I mean, but I think that coming from the coming from the sense that the Bills were supposed to be kind of a bottom bottom feeding team. Uh, to the fact that they're now two and one, and they and they had a they have a good win under their belt now against yeah. the Broncos, who look like they could be a legitimately decent team. Uh, I think that the Bills was that was an impressive win. That that legitimately surprised me. I thought the Broncos were going to come in there and stomp all over them. Oh no, I completely um, agree with you, especially for a team that this whole offseason just built up drafts towards the end of the beginning of the season. Yeah, like definitely. everybody just basically looked at them like, oh, it's going to be rebuilding, and McCoy's done nothing. So if he starts getting on a roll and this offense keeps doing what it's doing and the defense keeps playing well, because their defense isn't bad, I mean, they could be one of those sneaky teams that maybe gets that sixth wild card spot, maybe at least gives issues for the Patriots in the AFC East that maybe prevents them if they beat them from getting home field advantage. Because let's be honest, it's going to be the Patriots or somebody probably vying for that. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a very good win against a team that last week looked unstoppable. Definitely. Going back to the Steelers real quick, because I didn't really give my take. Um, but the Steelers at the beginning of the year, before the year, there's a lot of weird talk about Ben Roethlisberger retiring. And I, I kind of like, I don't know, I, I kind of balked at that a little bit. I was like, Ben Roethlisberger's not going to retire. Dude's, you know, in his early 30s, I believe. I mean, he might be in his late 30s, but um, let me just quickly look that up. He's but he had a lot of... 35. He's the same as Eli and Philip Rivers. Okay, he's 35. So, I mean, that's that's pretty old for a quarterback. I guess I'm just so used to Tom Brady that, like, whatever. But, no, so I, I was really confused about all that talk about potentially, you know, Ben Roethlisberger retiring and through three games. I mean, that's probably – I probably shouldn't have been that surprised, right? I mean, the dude does not look like the same guy as he did last year. No, I – Legitimately, you know, he, he can't make all the throws that he could. Um, he's definitely – he definitely looks hobbled or at least, you know, he's having a tough time kind of moving around like he used to. Um, you know, the, the style of play that he has does not lend himself to an older quarterback. It, it was all about shrugging off big hits and being able to, you know, stay up when people are literally, you know, 300 pound men are dragging at your knees, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and, and he doesn't look that good after this, uh, the first two seasons. So a couple, couple bad teams pulling out the W, uh, this week, Greg. Yeah, Definitely. Um, next question that I wanted to pose to you um, is which good team lost? Uh, which good team that lost surprised you the most? We had a, we had a few. I guess you could, I mean, you could literally just go back to the Bears Steelers. But yeah, really? Good team that lost. I mean, I'm not going to say the Panthers because you kind of even said, and we talked about last week, we don't know if they're really as good as their 2 start looked like. I don't. Uh, I don't think that they are. I, re- I legitimately think that this Panthers team is like a total fraud. What good team looked bad in a loss? Is that the question again? Yeah. It's what good team? Yeah. What was a surprising good team that lost? There's two glaring ones that I can see right now. Three maybe. Uh, I mean, I guess the most glaring, and it's probably going to be again the one that you're thinking of too, was the Raiders just looked yeah. awful against the Redskins. Their I offense totally was non-existent. Um, I like this. We, you and I don't usually agree on these things. Yeah, I know. Normally, it's a hot take city. A lot of, you know, button heads and making different takes on things. Usually, I'm trying to piss you off more so. But yeah, yeah. the Raiders did not look good. Uh, Derek Carr looked more like his brother, David Carr. It was not pretty. The Washington defense looked like they were an all-star unit. Their cornerbacks were shutting everybody down. Crabtree and Cooper. I just want to make sure I get this right of how many catches they actually had. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, Crabtree and Cooper each had one catch uh, for a combined of 13 yards between the two of them. Uh, that's not how leading receiver out. on the leading receiver on the Raiders had 43 yards. Yeah, and they're tight end. threw for 118 yards. Good they're lord. T- yeah, their tight end Jared Cook was their number one receiver with four catches. He had one touchdown. I mean, when Marshawn Lynch has more one the same amount of receptions but more yards in that one reception than your number one or number two receiver, something's not right. I mean, Derek Carr looked off. You know, people always say it's hard traveling west to east for these teams, but it was a primetime Sunday night game. You would have been, it's like a five o'clock game in the West Coast. Like, that shouldn't be the issue. And the Raiders' defense didn't look terrible, but I mean, the offense just kept them on the field so much. They were getting worn down. Right. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you there. I, uh, I, I didn't see anything about the Redskins the last two games that made me think that they were going to win this game. Nope. Um, I guess home dogs, that's that home underdogs is the one thing that you can kind of, you know, count on a little bit. Uh, my, my biggest thing for the Redskins, I mean, I, I saw them play against the Eagles that first game because that was like the one game that was on Fox and I was like super excited about the first NFL game. And yep. they played pretty well against the Eagles that first half, but the Eagles definitely kind of put them away after the second half and everyone yep. kind of wrote it off as a bad game. That was a pretty good game at first, actually. Uh, yeah, then the Eagles kind of came through. I but then the last result. week, they showed me nothing that made me think that the Redskins were a threat to the Raiders right now. No. So I really can't tell. You know, Cousins is uh, Cousins is seriously, you know, that doing that thing they did last year where it's like, I think I can win with him, but I don't know. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> like, but is he good? I don't know. He made right. some nice throws and he has an arm, but is he worth all the money? This is yeah. what happens. This is what's going to happen with the Redskins. All season long, their fan base is going to be up and down with them. Raiders. Yep, totally. um, the, other, the other answer that I would have accepted, you could have potentially said the Seahawks, but I don't think it was that surprising because I think the Titans are actually good. Yeah, the Titans so are I won't, say, I won't say the Seahawks right now, especially because I'm not that, I'm not that high on the Seahawks. Who I will say, uh, I will say the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that that was a very surprising loss by them. So first and foremost, I I fell into the same trap that I fall into every single fucking year, where I fall, or I buy into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hype. I Everybody don't does. get it. What makes me think that the Tampa Bay? I don't even fucking watch Hard Knocks, and yet somehow I fell into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hype machine. I don't understand it. And every single year, I'm like, oh, they look kind of good actually. Um, so I, I was pretty high on them this year. And then between that and the fact that fucking Case Keenum was going to be the dude that was slinging for the Minnesota Vikings, I'd watched enough of Case Keenum on the Texans to realize that this was like a match made in heaven for the Bucks. That's what I thought. And, and Keenum looked great. I picked up their fantasy defense and everything. I, I was mean, ready for a big day. Yeah, really, really good. Um, so I was actually pretty impressed. Um, with the numbers that he put up. I mean, he was like 25 for 33 with three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, you know, Delvin Cook, I mean, I called him in the beginning of the year as the, as the rookie of the year. And if it wasn't for that kid on the Chiefs, I think that he might be legitimate. Yeah, Kareem Hunt uh, kind of running away with that literally right now. Yeah, actually. So I'm actually kind of mad about that because I, that that, I thought that the Cook pick was a pretty good pick. It's still a solid pick. Hey, there's a long season left, a lot of games. But man, I did not see Case Keenum coming. No, I, hey, I did hear an interesting fact about him after that. After they beat the Bucks, though, he's faced in the past three seasons, and he's three and zero against the Bucks in the past three seasons. Yeah, oh, well, there you go. Three different I mean, teams, but beat him every time. It looked like I mean, I, I coming into the season, I thought it was really legitimately going to be a Tennessee Titans versus 
Tampa Bay Bucks. No, sorry, Tampa Bay Bucks are an NFC. What am I talking about? I thought that that I thought that that NFC South division was going to be a lot more competitive than it than it is, and you know, it, it really looks like the Falcons could just run away with this thing and not be that bad at all. Yeah, I yeah. I declared it the best of the most competitive division at the beginning of the year. You did. Hey, um, so that was. That was that was a surprising loss to me. Um, the Bucks could still bounce back. They've only had two games because you know it's a that weird first first uh, week by fourteen straight the Hurricanes. Um, you know, besides that, um, I I, uh, I I did not uh, see that coming. No. Okay, third question I'm going to post to you about the NFL week, Greg. Was the game that left you with the most questions coming out of it? The game that left you with the most question marks uh, after the outcome? Well, James, you're not going to like the one I have going into this, but it did leave me with a lot of questions because it was kind of like one of those, it kind of, if we if we have time for overreactions, it's kind of playing into my overreactions, at least one of them. But the Texans-Patriots left me with a lot of questions. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the Texans offense, where has it been until now? Like, where is this? Is it going to be something that's sustainable? Is this now Deshaun Watson feels comfortable enough after two starts that the offense is going to be moving? Is it really just the Patriots defense is horrible? Is Matt Patricia like losing it this year? He's given up 90 points. That defense given up over 90 points in three games. Brady looked iffy. He was on the ground a lot. I mean, he made a hell of a throw at the end of the game to Brandon Cooks because, you know, that's just what Tom Brady does. But, I mean, a lot of questions. The defense for both sides, the Texans' defense is supposed to be the stout defense. It looked good at the beginning of the game, had a lot of energy, seemed to just kind of fade away. And especially with the Patriots team that has a lot of injuries. Like, I don't know where this team has a chance to go. Obviously, Patriots are going to win the AFC East, probably have at least 12, 13 wins. But it's still quite, it's still one of those things this year more than past years. Their defense is very questionable after what I've been seeing. And the Texans' offense, I'm, I've still got to know, like, are they just going to rely on basically throwing to Hopkins and that's it? Or is Deshaun Watson going to do what he did in this game where he spreads it out a little more and gets a lot more offense generated? Those are all really fair points. I think that the, the Pats' offensive line on the left-hand side, especially on Brady's blind side, was really lacking. He was every time I, a lot. Every time I fucking turned around, dude, he was getting hit by somebody. He didn't see it coming, so... Whoever's on that side, I, mean, I think it's Solder, but I think it was the left guard that really fucked him over. Anyway, um, that was that was tough. The defense looks bad. I mean, just like there's no other way to put it. This looks like circa 2012 defense right now, um, and that's not a good thing. No. Uh, Gilmore finally had a pick, so like he showed some life, but like other than that, he didn't look that great. And he hasn't looked that great this whole season. That's kind of been a bust contract, which is too bad. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's tough. Luckily, we do have the greatest quarterback that ever lived. So, I mean, it, whenever, whatever trouble. Uh, that that game was like the definition of – I watched the game with a bunch of Patriots fans, but I did watch it with a couple non-Patriots fans. And all the non-Patriots fans were like, you guys shouldn't even be worried right now. Like, this is the least surprising – like, if Tom Brady wins this game, it's the least surprising thing in the entire world. And we all still freaked out when he won, but it, it was very true. I mean, like, you, you, if you weren't a Patriots fan with nearly – Oh, you froze. One time out for a touchdown. I, I think that you should, you know, relinquish your Pats card, or your Pats fan card, because that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, by the way, during that, you froze like halfway through your rant. So that was really funny to just hear how you went from like Tom Brady and then it just paused and then you continued. There was a lot of dick sucking going on in, in yeah. case no one heard that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. My game that left me with the most questions was the first game of the entire day, which was the uh, 
Jacksonville Baltimore game in London. What the fuck was that? What was that game? I don't know. Uh, I think uh, the Ravens forgot what time the game started and they sent like their practice squad onto the field thinking it was like a training session. Dude, okay, so I I watched like because that was the, that was the only game on in the morning. I woke up, I made some eggs, and I watched that game. I watched like every second of that game. Blake Bortles made every fucking throw. Like yep. whatever you want to say about that dude, like you know he's had a he's had like an unconvincing first couple of weeks. Um, he had a really shitty last year. His first year was actually not bad. Um, and actually the person who gave him a shit ton of praise when he was a rookie was Bill Belichick. Uh, go figure. But yesterday's game, I don't know very much. I don't watch the Jacksonville Jaguars a lot, but I know what I saw, and that dude made every fucking throw. Every throw you want a a quarterback to make. He made the bombs. He made the checkdowns. He made the throws on the run. He made the throws when his his first read was taken away, which was admittedly not very often because the Baltimore's defense stunk. Um, but every single fucking throw he made. And then he also connected really well with his kid Mercedes, Mercedes, excuse me, Lewis. Uh, and that looks like a pretty lethal combination. Yep. So, you know, you could talk about how the Jaguars defense was really good. You can talk about how the time difference, you can talk about the Ravens, Ravens just didn't show up. What I saw was, a, was Blake Bortles beat the Ravens. That's what I saw. I, I, that's what everybody saw. It was plain and simple. It left a lot of questions of what, what's going on with the Ravens. Uh, I forget. I don't think I actually noticed. What happened with Joe Flacco? Did his back flare up again? No, he just sucked. He got benched. Oh that, oh, that was literally what it was. I couldn't. I caught it too late in the game when I saw Mallet in, and I just didn't care to check what happened. He got benched. He sucked. Yeah. Okay. Well, that does raise a lot of questions. So, does this mean Joe Flacco is not elite? <laughs> he won a Super Bowl, though. Uh, but uh, yeah. he got benched against the Jacks. Uh, but except he won a Super Bowl. That's uh, tough. Uh, tough. It, a lot of weighing options. Uh, yeah, scale's, scale's kind of in the middle, folks. Uh, I guess we're going to we'll need a... We'll have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And the yeah. last question we want to ask about the NFL season is which game uh, left you with the most answers? Which game did you watch and you're like, I know things about this league? Uh, <laughs> do you know things about this league? Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, th- it's going to be a, such a homer answer. But I haven't it's done the it game yet. I was looking at. We I both on totally the same same page. Yeah. Let's do I, it. We have been on the same page. Eagles Giants gave me the most answers this week. Dude, Cards, the Giants stink. Giants are awful. And I mean, granted, it was a 27-24 game, so you know it was close at the end. But the Giants really didn't do much until the fourth quarter, where I don't know what the Eagles were doing, what their defense was doing. They just let OBJ like have a few uh, shots at the end zone. Twenty-four points in the fourth quarter is tough. Yeah, it's a bad look. I mean, that comes down to coaching. I'm amazed that in that fourth quarter, they didn't actually end up taking OBJ out after he did the little dog urinating celebration, which nobody still knows what that was about. But it answered a lot of questions. One of them being Carson Wentz can handle the pressure. One of the issues he had last year was pressure situations. He did not do well. Uh, So, you know, that question's answered. Only thing that sucked about that game, uh, one answer was Darren Sproles is, in fact, out for the season. That kind of stings. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Giants defense... Would you would you like a very nice, uh, healthy Dion Lewis for one of your nice linebackers? <laughs> for one of our yeah, take Kendricks. I'm fine with that. You can take one of our linebackers. You can have Kendricks, just not Hicks. Okay, keep, give me Hicks. I'll take Dion we'll, Lewis. We'll keep haggling. Bring, bring, uh, him, back, bring, him, bring him back we'll to Philly. Mike here. All I want to say is, if he does come back to Philly, he has to wear a Patriots uniform underneath an Eagles uniform to still keep whatever magic apparently went into his body after he went there. 
Fair enough. Yeah, the the uh, the defense. Uh, no, the Giants stink. First of all, the yep. Eagles' defense is really good, except for the fact that I I do legitimately think that if you if you let the Giants score 24 points in one quarter, uh, that's 100 million percent on coaching. It so is. I think that you got to be at least a little shook about Peterson. Um, but the but the Giants. Uh, no, it'd be Schwartz, if anything, Schwartz basically has full control of that defense. I don't care. I mean, I, I put I still put it on Peterson. Um, the other acceptable answer to me is a boring one, but it just it would have been the the Falcons Lions. Yep. Like the Falcons Lions, it like gave me the most answers in the sense that like, yep, Lions are pretty good, not as good as the Falcons. Yeah, basically. That's uh, that's the answer, right? I mean, they it's were like within inches of being better, but uh, yeah. They weren't, so. Out of, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think that that's I think that that's like legitimately like I was going into that game saying, hey, the Lions are pretty good, but they're you know they're definitely not as good as the Falcons. Um, and that game was like, yep, Lions are pretty good. Yeah, not the Falcons. Lions have a chance at the NFC North, plain and simple. Yep, probably not the NFC totally though. No, um, no, okay, not let's not get crazy. <laughs> that was pretty good, man. I think well, I, I like that. Yeah, we'll do that every once in a while. You know, change it up a bit. Yeah, one thing we're always gonna do is overreactions. I feel like even if it's just one for each. Okay, let's do one. Let's do an overreaction each. You got you got one queued up. I do, uh, and it goes right back to my whole questions unanswered or no left me with more questions than uh answers and that is uh more so not even just the patriots defense it's the patriots defensive coordinator matt patricia i mean the man's a rocket scientist but this year it doesn't matter who's on the field he's had pieces from last year he has new pieces that are supposed to be better he has a cornerback tandem that's supposed to be one of the best in the league yet they've given up over 90 points and i even posed the question out to the twitterverse i was like hey maybe you guys can help me let me figure this out uh, you know, is Matt Patricia in danger of getting uh, fired as defensive coordinator? I say yes, because there's no way Belichick is going to allow his defense to give up 30 plus points week after week. They've given up 42, they've given up 33, and they gave up 20 to the Saints, which was basically just lucky because their offense was clicking on the field and Drew Brees just looked kind of lost at home and it was weird. Question out to the Twitterverse. Uh, most thought it was a clown question, probably New England fans. But there was a majority that said, yeah, uh, his defense looked awful. He's probably in trouble. And I think he is. I think if he does not turn this defense around in the next three games, James, I'm giving him three more games. That's it. And if he allows 30 points plus in the next three games, and at least two of them, I think he's going to be searching for a job. And I think he might be going to NASA because, let's just be honest, there's no way uh, Darth Vader... Bill Belichick, whatever you want to call him, mad genius, mad scientist, whatever whatever his nickname is, the hoodie, whatever you want to call him, he's not going to accept a defense that is doing that poorly when he has Tom Brady under center for only a few more years and he knows he has an offense that can take him to the Super Bowl. I guess that's true. I, In my opinion, he, uh, Belichick's always much more loyal to his coaches than he is to his players. And I don't That's why it's an overreaction because I, don't think I know it's probably not going to happen, but I think it's going to happen. All right, fair enough. My overreaction comes um, from the Thursday night game. Uh, my overreaction is that Jared Goff is a bona fide number one overall pick, baby. This dude can play. Let me just give you. Let me just throw some stats at you, Greg. I don't want to get all nerdy on you, but let me throw some statistics right in your dome. Um, last year, Jared Goff, who looked like a total bust, totally like you know, fine, go ahead. Uh, he had a league league trailing i don't know how to say that worse than the league 5.3 yeah. yards per uh, you reception on your own 
this year he's up near the top at 10.1 yards per reception. He's got, a, he's got over a 70% completion percentage. He has five touchdowns uh, to one interception. Uh, he has a quarterback rating of 118.2. And more importantly, he showed a big old pair against the 49ers in a Thursday night show out color rush. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night uh, showdown, uh, you know, total shootout. Uh, I think this kid looks pretty good, actually. I really do. I mean, I, I, I think that he was definitely way overhyped, especially for the amount that, that uh, the Rams gave up for him, you know, going into the season. But I think that he was thrown into a pretty shitty situation last year. It was a, it was a whole franchise that was totally in turmoil. Um, no stability in that franchise. You had Jeff Fisher. Uh, you had the team moving to Los Angeles. He had no weapons around him. Uh, he had a pretty porous offensive line. Uh, so he just kind of got thrown into like one of the shittiest situations that a young quarterback can be thrown into. And I think that everyone admittedly said that he was pretty raw at the beginning of the season. That's why he didn't start the beginning of the season is because he didn't look like he was ready for the NFL, like legitimately. Um, everyone, you know, clambered and said, Hey, we need to show, we need to see what golf can do. Uh, and they threw him out there and it turns out he's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, uh, he looked pretty rough last year, but this year I, I agree with you. He looks, he, I think he looks good. It's an overreaction. But still pretty good looking. Uh, can you be like a comeback player of the year? Is that like possible? I don't. That's that's firmly in JJ Watt's hands. If JJ Watt finishes an entire season, that's that's true. It doesn't even matter what he does on the field. He could have like four tackles. Literally, year. He, could, he could he could defecate on the on the on the middle of the field, and the football writers would give him comeback player of the year. Literally, <laughs> all it would say is, "Hey, JJ had four tackles, but he raised over like thirty five million dollars for hurricane relief funds, and that right. is a comeback better than anything else." Which I, in fairness, I think if I think if JJ Watt defecated in the middle of the field, it would be red, white, and blue. So that's good. At, at least we have that. Is that is that part of the flag conduct code? I don't know. I don't know, James. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay, that's our NFL coverage for this week. I think it was pretty extensive. I like that. I think that we did a good job. I think we did. Pat on the back. Good job. Yeah, good job exactly. to ourselves. You know, players can't congratulate themselves mid mid game like that guy from the, from the Bears who fumbled on the one yard line. We certainly can. Yeah. By the way, yeah. I forgot. Side side overreaction. Uh, Elliot, the kicker for the Eagles, best kicker in the history of game. That was pretty good. Yeah. I will I will give you that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, sixty one yards. Good lord. God damn. Uh, okay, moving on to the NBA. We had a lot of NBA news uh, this coming week. Uh, this past week, we had major trades, coming. major trades, major acquisitions. Um, we had. A, uh, and we had media day, which I actually really love media day. I mean, yeah. it's like you love spring training for the NBA, MLB. That's like that, that gets, that gets your boys going. That gets, gets your rock, rockets fueled, your Pictures engines revved. Report. I get, uh, some, uh, hard bat wood. Me on the other hand, I, I love me some media day. I want these oh, guys, every, every uniform looks crisp. It's a crisp uniform, Greg. Even uh, with the new logo on the side. Yeah, let's not talk about that so much. But right, they're okay. also filming all of their promos, so they have to awkwardly stare into the camera and say, this is Comcast Sportsnet, and all that kind of fun stuff. And I well, love let's it. Let's go Celtic Nation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, But we had a lot of stuff. But to, to start off, I think that we're going to talk about um, the Carmelo Anthony trade. So yeah, Carmelo Anthony was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder from the New York Knicks. In return, the New York Knicks got Enos Cantor, Doug McDermott, a second-round pick, and uh, a, a, a a parcel of magic beans, maybe? Because that's the only other real way that okay. I would consider this trade a win. 
Um, but that's kind of what happened. So, uh, Greg, what were your thoughts initially when that happens? Uh, initial thoughts was who did the Thunder trade because they traded away stuff for uh, Paul George earlier in the year. Uh, they gave away Aladipo. I forget who the other piece was. But I was like, who do they have left on that squad that they can possibly give to the Knicks? That the Knicks are like, yeah, fine, we'll trade Carmelo away for that and be able to feel comfortable and good about this. Um, basically, the Thunder, Sam Presti, did a fantastic job. He's done a fantastic job this whole offseason, pulling in now Paul George and Carmelo to team up with Russ and still keep uh, Adams down low. I mean, that's a group of four guys that will be able to compete for that number three, maybe even two seed if they gel quickly together. But, I mean... That's a fucking heist. Yeah, but I do have one question. I want to know. If Melo's allowed to wear his hoodie under his uniform all season, if that's allowed, uh, Thunder may win it all. That's a good question. I'm not totally sure. I'm not, I don't think I'm the person that's able to answer that. But I do want to say that Sam Presti, you know, he got a lot of shit for, uh, you know, losing Kevin Durant and especially for the Harden trade and all that kind of stuff. This offseason, Sam Presti has turned Victor Oladipo, Dante Sabonis, um, Cantor. Doug McBurman, Cantor, and that's it into Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, second round picks. I mean, <laughs> not many do much usually. Right. But I just want to let that sink in. That's who he turned into Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. Like, whatever yeah, like you want to say about Carmelo that team easily. Yeah, whatever you want to say about Carmelo Anthony in New York, because I do think that he was like legitimately like a bad player when he was on the Knicks. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. That's an unbelievable summer for Presti. And he absolutely, like, I'm so in on Kyrie and the Celtics, but fucking Presti won the whole offseason. Are you yeah. kidding me? In your words, 100%. 100%. Yeah, exactly. So now when Russell Westbrook has, you know, three guys that are pulling him in, you know, to the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the paint when he's uh, driving, he has Carmelo Anthony and Paul George to kick out to. Uh, when you need to stop her, um, for one of the best wings in the league or power forward or point guard, you have Paul George to sick on him. Uh, when you need a bucket in the last two minutes of the game and you need to put a six foot nine forward who can ISO hit threes and drive to the basket, you have Carmelo Anthony. I mean, that's, that's a scary team. Uh, yeah. So I think that that's a fucking awesome, awesome addition for the. Can we Thunder. switch the Thunder to the East just so we get like some more competitiveness with like the Cavs, Celtics, Thunder in the East, and then everybody else can stay in the West. I don't like the, that. I don't like that at all. The West is so stacked. It's just so unbelievable how I think they said seven. I heard some like seven of the eight like big moves this year with top top players like top twenty guys in the league. All the moves, seven of the eight of them went west. Only one went east, and that's just it's mind boggling. It's just the West is a juggernaut. I don't know how it's become this way. I don't know why yeah. more stars don't go to the East. But now you have Mello in the West, and a team now that has three legitimate scores. That basically you just need a few points from every other guy on that court and your bench, and you got a game one. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, so you had a start bench cut for the folks that you want to whip out. I do. We'll do this, and then we'll get to the you know big news of the day, if you want to say that, with Dwayne Wade going to the Cavs. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. We can throw yeah, why don't bench. we do the start bench cut first, and then we'll, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll throw we'll that in there. That. Yeah, good. All right, so start bench cut hasn't been here for a while. We're bringing it back. Uh, so figured this one's a good one. With the mellow trade and everything like that, all the moves this offseason, start bench cut. Biggest threat to the Warriors this year. Is it the Cavs, 
the Rockets, or the Thunder. Now, if you're out there and you're wondering, why didn't we put in the Spurs? I'm going to be honest. Why with didn't you, we put in the Celtics? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's just go by. Let's be honest here. Coming out of the East most likely is the Cavs. Still, Celtics probably could have been in like a year or so. Could surprise everybody this year. You no, never know. I'm just kidding. It, the Celtics aren't a threat. Let's go. Yeah. But then you have the Spurs who, yeah, they got Kawhi. But at this point, that's kind of it. Uh, Tony Parker is getting older. Uh, Ginobili, he's not doing anything for you. Aldridge looked awful last year. And Gasol is, again, also getting older. So that's why they're not in there. The big moves this year were the Thunder Rockets and the Cavs just, you know, kept doing stuff. So James, start bench cut. Who's the biggest threat? Okay, my cut's going to be the Rockets. I don't see any any situation where, you know, that, that happens. Um I, I like the addition of Chris Paul, obviously, but he's past his prime. He's a short point guard, uh, and I think that him and Harden are legitimately going to clash. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could say that about the guys in OKC as well, but for some reason, like I don't, I don't suck Chris Paul's dick as much as everybody else does. So I feel like, I, I feel like he's kind of a total fucking asshole. And because like, like you're the same height as him, and you're like, listen, dude, I don't even get like why you're that cool. Well, that's fair. But Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were very laid back dudes. So they sort of just kind of took James Harden being a total, excuse me, Chris Paul being a total asshole. Like, I feel like James Harden sort of shuts down when that shit happens. Like, I feel like he's just kind of like, yep, I'm not going to be a good player now. Yep. Um, so I don't think those personalities clash. So I'm going to cut the Rockets. I don't think that they're a really legitimate threat. Right. I'm going to bench the Cleveland Cavaliers simply because it's just it, there's just too many subtractions you know i mean i think isaiah is like a really great piece obviously and jay crowder is a great piece um but at the end of the day you know you lose a top 20 player in Kyrie, the guy who basically won them the championship last time that they won with the fucking shot um I, I just don't see that as as big of a threat as the next people which i think is legitimately the oklahoma city thunder the reason i'm picking the thunder as the start is because they're in the Western Conference again, so you have to get through a grueling um, series with the Rockets at some point. Spur, you have to get through Spurs, some combination of Spurs, Rockets, Thunder. You know, Clippers are going to be at least semi-feisty because Blake Griffin is still pretty good. Timberwolves, um, maybe. The Timberwolves, maybe. You know, uh, the Grizzlies are a veteran team if they can make the playoffs. Um, the Pelicans have two legitimate, really great players. Even if they can't make the playoffs, that'd be a, I mean, that's still a good team. Um, the Nuggets are up and coming. They're not going to be in the playoffs necessarily, but I think they'll be pretty good. No, but you have Shout so many Nuggets. The, po- the point is the, the Nuggets look really good this year. If we do an NBA, if we do an NBA preview, uh, I'm very high on the Nuggets. I think we're going to have to be just because I think it's going to be an hour of you talking, but still. <laughs> yeah. So I think that the, I, but I, I legitimately think that it's getting through the, getting through that and then getting to Oklahoma city where you have Russ and he's angry and you have Carmelo and he's motivated and you have Paul George who can do legitimately everything and moving him from like a first first option to like a second or a third option is unbelievable. If Paul George is your third option, um, I think that you some really good things are happening. So I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder are my start. All right. Yeah, see, uh, you go way more in depth than I probably will because you're the basketball guy. I know some basketball, but you know all about basketball. It's like why we flip-flop on baseball. Fair enough. So, uh, I'm basically pretty, I'm going to be pretty similar to you. Uh, I'm still kind of figuring out my start bench, but I'm definitely cutting the Rockets. Same thought as you. Yeah, they had CP3, but you know what? That's only going to do so much for them. They still, they're a three-point shooting team. That's great, but if they get cold, man, do they get cold. And him and James Harden trying to figure out who's going to be a majority ball holder, you know, really playing the point guard. Is CP3 going to be able to come off the ball and hit those three-point shots, hit those mid-range jumpers that I don't know if he can as much anymore. He's kind of like a Dwayne Wade 
where, you know, if every year it's going to kind of keep going down with his shooting percentage. Yeah, he still has the assist there. But if the ball's not in his hands as much as it probably won't, will, I'm wording, the ball probably won't be in his hands as much as it used to be this year, especially with Harden showing that he can be that triple-double threat. Um, I just don't see them having enough, especially because they're going to have to get past either the Spurs or the Thunder at some point in the playoffs, and I don't see that happening. I could even see them if they face like a team like the Timberwolves losing to the Timberwolves because that's a young team. It's a feisty team. They're another year older. They added Jimmy Butler. Things could uh, things could be interesting in the West. Who do I bench? Uh, this is the one that's hard for me. I think I'm going to have to bench the Thunder. And it pains me. Yeah, it pains me, but I have I have a reason. I think one, yes, the hardest thing is you literally only have a year basically with these three guys because Russ isn't, you know, saying full-heartedly, I'm coming back to OKC. That's a fair he, point. Paul George probably is going to bolt to LA just because that's probably where he wants to be instead of uh, Oklahoma City nightlife. Uh, I heard they're a little bit different. I heard not much, but a little bit different nightlifes in LA compared to OKC. And um, Melo, I think, has like two years there. But if Russ and uh, Paul George leave, you're back to basically starting point. So this is really a big jump for the Thunder to try to have these guys gel in one year. And we've seen this before. We saw LeBron, Wade, and Bosh try to do it in Miami. The beginning was a little rough. Yeah, they made it to the finals, but they lost. Uh, It took them really into year two to kind of get that gelling going together. So unless these guys are willing to commit and really focus on actually trying to win a championship and not just themselves, it's going to be interesting to see. I do think they will probably face the Warriors in the conference finals. I don't think the Spurs or the Rockets have any chance whatsoever to beat these three guys. But again, the Warriors now have a second year with Durant, uh, you know, gelling in that group. He gelled pretty easily in the first year. So we'll have to see. But that's why I'm having the Cavs start for me, mainly because the Warriors will have to go through a gauntlet to get to the finals. They're going to have to go through the Spurs most likely. I'm actually thinking it's going to be Spurs are a four seed and Rockets and Thunder are two, three. And then, so I think the Spurs and Warriors are going to have to battle out. Then the Warriors are going to have to face probably the Thunder and that's going to be a grueling series. So I think they're going to be kind of roughed up going against the Cavs in the finals. And I think LeBron's going to be motivated, try to, you know, get back at Durant basically for after how he's paraded around this year after winning his championship. And, you know, I really think the Cavs then have the best chance to take them down because I just think the Warriors are going to be worn down at that point. That's fair. That's not that's not a bad uh, not a bad start bench cut. I don't totally agree with you, but I appreciate the points. Yeah. Um, hey, we had to disagree finish- at some point, right? Yeah. We're going to finish up our NBA talk with the breaking news. Breaking news uh, that Dwayne Wade has agreed to a one year deal with the Cavs for the veterans minimum. Um, so great million. Is that what it is? Yeah. After getting paid $12 million for a buyout from Chicago. Right. Um, so that's how we can afford to do this. But yep. um, I'm not, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't think that I, I, I don't have a super high opinion of this, but do you think this moves the needle for the Cavs literally at all? Uh, no, I think it keeps the Cavs where they are. Uh, yeah. I think Wade has to basically just accept that he's probably going to have to be a somewhat bench player because. If you're the Cavs, can you really afford to bench a guy like Crowder, who's really that piece that you have been missing the past few years with being the guy that can move all over the court defensively? He can hit three-pointers where Wade can't. 
And J.R. Smith, who, if he's hot, he's hot. You got to go with the hot hand. And Wade's not always that guy. And year after year, he's been kind of getting more yeah, declined. You, cer- you certainly can't play Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose at the same time with the, oh, with the poorest three-point shooting. That would be the worst spacing could, in the entire league. four knees go out at once? Is that possible? Yeah, that'd be the unhealthiest and worst three-pointing shooting, three-point shooting tandem in the entire league. So I don't think you can do that. I don't. I don't think that this moves the needle for them at all either. Besides the fact that Dwayne Wade's kind of a winner and that gives them an edge, but I mean that's all intangibles and that doesn't really translate to the court as much. So um, good for Dwayne Wade. He's going to hang out with his buddy and all that kind of stuff. I, I just don't think that moves the needle for him all that much. Yeah, makes sense. Um, all right, you want to touch on Aaron Judge? Yeah, uh, figured gotta get some baseball talk. Everybody kind of knows where everybody stands in the hump for October. Most teams are kind of sewn up their spots. Red Sox are still trying to close out the East. Uh, Yankees have already secured their wild card spot at least. Um, they have somewhat of a chance at the East. And then the Twins most likely are the second AO wild card. The only one that's still close is the NL wild card, where it could be, uh, I believe, the Rockies or uh, I want to say the Brewers. It's like a one and a half game. So that's like the only big one. But the big thing now people are talking about is Aaron Judge the other day hit his 50th home run, breaking Mark McGuire's rookie home run record of 49 everybody's going nuts crowning him saying he should be al mvp uh and i kind of wanted to get your thoughts in it i'm going to throw out some quick stats uh basically i'm trying to think is aaron Rodgers? aaron Rodgers is aaron judge most likely rookie of the year but is he going to be the best worst rookie of the year in a while and my reason is he has 50 home runs yes he's hit 108 rbis in but he has is struck out <laughs> 203 times. That is a lot. Yeah. I honestly think that, uh, in my opinion, I think that he, he deserves rookie of the year for the first half of the season. I thought he had, um, pretty much the best, you know, um, first half of the season of any player rookies or non, um, right before the all-star break. And then after that, he came back down to earth. He regressed towards the mean. And I think that that's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you regress towards the mean in, in, in high volume games like baseball. Um, I do think that he's the AL rookie of the year. Uh, I think that he's the most exciting thing that's happened to baseball since Bryce Harper came in. Um, and Mike Trout fever happened those two years ago, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that he's the MVP. I just don't think that you can crown some rookie who blasted five, 50 home runs um, the MVP, especially since the Yankees are actually pretty good. They got a lot of really good young players, and it was not just Judge. Like, he definitely was very exciting, um, and he definitely should be someone you should hang your hat on if you're a Yankees fan going forward. Um, but I, I don't think that he's the AL MVP. Yeah, I don't think he's the AL MVP, and I do think he's going to be one of the best rookie of the years, but at the same time, worst. I mean... The guy's basically a boomer bust type hitter. He's either cranking bombs out or striking out. And it's just one of those things that if you get 500, 600 at bats a year and you're striking out a third of them, that's not good. Yeah, you're hitting 283, but he also had like a 60 game chunk where he was just awful. And it was so bad. And you can't have that happen because when you're fighting for a wild card spot, luckily they still got it because the rest of their team kind of picked up the slack. You got to be consistent and you know people are already kind of crowning him as like the next big guy and yeah he can mash there's no doubt about that but i even i even prepared for this one james i even put out a twitter poll for this one because i was like you know what aaron judge i want to know what people actually think about him and i said is he the best worst kind of rookie of the year ever 40 percent said yes best rookie ever 
53% said no, he homers or he busts. And then there was 7% that said, I just don't watch MLB, so I don't care. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, I think the people are kind of are kind of right on, you know, like I, I think he, he's I'm I'm siding obviously with the popular opinion there because I don't think he's the greatest rookie ever by any stretch yeah. of imagination. I also think uh terrible comparison to make for him, but I think as the years progress, he's going to become more like a Aaron Dunn where it's just basically all he is is hitting 240, 230 and just smashing homers or striking out. And that's basically it. It's probably a fair comparison. Um, unless he gets any sort of, um, you know, plate vision, um, like he showed the first half of the year, yeah. which doesn't look like to be the case. Plus, he does have that right field porch in Yankee Stadium. That probably does help a little bit. Yeah, I know he's hit some bombs, but that's got to help a little. Right. Um, all right, man. Cool. Well, Aaron Judge, uh, I think that he's very exciting. I don't like the fact he's on the Yankees, but I do think that he's very exciting for baseball. Yeah. And then last but not least, you have a little bit of a rant slash praise, I feel like you want to do. I want to get this in in five minutes. So that's, that's my that's that's my own personal timer. I want to get this in, in five minutes. Okay. So Damian Lillard this week, uh, the other big NBA news, dropped a single on Spotify. Now, this is not all that different from Damian Lillard, um, his past. He's dropped two, or no, excuse me, one mix, uh, album so far, um, the letter O. And then he looks like he's uh, ready to drop another one um, sometime this year with the first single coming out called Run It Up. Now, a couple things that we need to quickly get out of the way um, just before we start talking about this song. First and foremost, he's not released it under the name Damian Lillard. He releases it under the name Dame Dalla. That Way is D.O.L.L.A. Um, and different letters stand for. Do you know? Here it is. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Right. Dame Dalla, stand, Dalla stands for different on levels the Lord allows. So Did not see that one coming. Yep. Uh, neither did I. So Dame Dalla, I think he kind of wanted the ASAP thing, um, ASAP Ferg, ASAP Mob, um, you know, ASAP Rocky, the whole, the whole ASAP squad right now is doing pretty well. So I think that he wanted that sort of West Coast thing. Ah, that's Dalla it. squad. It's pretty cheesy. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to get that out of the way. The okay. second thing that we're going to get out of the way is that I have, in fact, heard Damian Lillard rap before, and I thought that he was pretty decent for an NBA player. But the main thing that I wanted to bring up is that Damian Lillard released this song featuring Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne! Wheezy. Wheezy. So, in honor of Damian Lillard releasing his brand new song, um, I'll, I'll play a little bit for you, actually, before we yeah. get started. Play like 15 I wanna, seconds. I think it's allowed. I wanted to, I'm going to rate Damian Lillard on four categories uh, for, and Greg, you got a, your teaching degree, correct? I do. Yeah. I'm going to give you a quick lesson in grading, pal. Ooh, okay. okay. Four Take categories. Each gets you up to 25 points. That goes to an even hundred if I do my math correctly. I think math is correct on that. We're going to rate him in these four, these following four categories. We're going to rate him in, uh, in beat, in flow in rhyme and then in optics how this looks low rhyme optics got it got it i so might be white foremost, but i understand here's a 15 second thing of dame dollar's new song run it up I'm gonna get the squad and we're gonna run it up. I 
Okay. That's just the chorus, obviously. We didn't hear too much. Is there a part of him that actually is him rapping? Because I feel like I need to hear that. Right there. Y'all about to make it where I gotta show my muscle. When I'm getting to it, girl, it's easier to love you. Try to give me scraps, I made them pieces to the puzzle. I ain't no secret money on my mind. Okay. So, first, uh, if that was more than like 15 seconds, whatever. No one's listening to this. Um, okay. First, first category that we're rating Damien Lillard on is beat. The beat category. So I kind of like that beat. Um, more, it's it's not a trap beat like you normally hear uh, nowadays. Um, it almost kind of sounded to me like an early 2000s, kind of like 50 Cent sort of vibe. Like that was, you know, that sort of era. Um, you know, the kind of, it was almost like flute-ish in a way. And, and I do like, uh, I like any rap beat with a piano-based background. I do appreciate that. Kendrick used that a lot on his new record, and I thought that was really good. I love so, the piano. But, you know, it's 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 not like blow me out of the water. You know what I mean? So I'm going to give that out of 25, I'm going to give that a solid 20. Okay? That was pretty good. I'm, gonna give it, I'm giving it a 17. 17. Gotcha. Okay. I, I'm not going to give you my reasons. I'm just giving 17. We're totally trying to get fine. this done in five minutes for you. You got it. The next one that we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about flow. Okay. I think that Damian Lillard's actually got a pretty decent flow, um, you know, for a rapper. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, for a basketball player. Uh, he, had a, he has a good voice. Uh, the thing that, you, that first hits you with any rap song besides the beat, I think, is the timber of the voice. The timber, for those people who don't know, is how the music actually sounds. Like, you can be Thank on you. key without having a bad timber. He's so got a school. He's got a good timber in his voice. It's T-I-M-B-R-E. He's not yelling at it. It's just a thing. Exactly. I think it's a, it's a confident flow. Um, at the same time, it's a little choppy. He's a basketball player after all, so we can't award him four, uh, full points here. I'm going to give him a 19 on the right. flow. See, I was going to give him a little more for flow. I was going to give him a 21 for flow just because I, I like the muscle line especially. Uh, well, got here me. we go. We're going to get it into me it. Onto okay. it. So 21 for me for there. So right now I got a total score of 38 so far between two categories. I got a 39. So we're right there with each other. Now I now we're going to get into the rhyme right now. And I think that this is where he's going to take a hit in my book right now. Okay? okay. Now, normally I would be talking about Dame Lillard's song if and comparing it to a, uh, you know, comparing it to other basketball players, which is, is he, he, he compares very favorably. He's a yeah. very good rapper for a basketball player. Yeah, for a basketball player. However, when you invite Lil Wayne on your track, you can't compare him specifically to only basketball players anymore. You have to compare him to the other people on your track. That's the way that these things work. And Lil Wayne, you didn't hear his voice or his verse, but Lil Wayne's verse literally sounds like he farted out a verse that wraps circles around Dame Lillard. It's unbelievable. It's like... It's Lil literally Wayne. like if, if, if Lil Wayne started to try to play basketball against Dame Lillard, that would be how it sounds like L Dame Lillard trying to rap against Lil Wayne. So, and especially because Dame is like a, he's a basketball player, so he can't give like really raunchy or like specific lyrics because people are yeah, going to take it out of context. More PG. Yeah, the media is going to talk about it. So there's no, there's, there's, it, it's all very generic kind of, you know, um, vague lyrics about how he's just good um the the best lyric that he has in the entire thing is he said um so i, I kind of liked it he says i'm from where golden state at but portland where i lay at 
um, which I kind of enjoy. Shout out oh, yeah. to, the, to the Blazers. Um, and, and he's he's all right. He calls himself the Mac Daddy at one point, which is like, ugh. But then Lil Wayne comes on for his verse, and he just absolutely he, – he, it sounds like he wrote this thing in 20 – you know, like 20 minutes, and he absolutely runs circles around. Pro rappers him. do, though. I mean, Chance the Rapper yeah, exactly. dropped a new song last night that um, he wrote in like two hours. Them haters trying to bring me down. I shouldn't have brung them up. She asked me to bring her out. I only bring the blunt. Run it up. We running things. She run with us. Yada, yada, yada. Mada, lada. Kiss my such and such. I kind of like, I mean, like every it's single classic like, wheezy. And it's like every single, every single syllable that Wayne says, he does that classic thing where he just kind of like stretches it and distorts it and makes it sound like you're literally drinking lean. But at the same time, he like is all there at the same time. I don't know. He wraps circles around Lillard. Right. So I, I'm going to have to go with a 15 on the, on the rhymes for Lillard. All right. That's not, I mean, that, I'm not that far from you. Yeah. I enjoyed the muscle line that I heard in there, but I hadn't really heard much of the song. And uh, just in general, just off that, I'm going to go with around like, I was going to go around like a 16, 17 range. So I'm going to go with the 16 just because, you know, I enjoy the PG a little more than you do. Right. Uh, you know, sensitive ears over here. You got but, it. Uh, so between so now with three one category left, I am at a fifty four. Yes. Let's see if he gets actually, a passing grade from us. Let's just see. I actually, yeah, I actually am also at a fifty four. But let me tell you about this. The last grade is the optics. How this looks. Full marks for Dame Lillard on the optics. Full marks. This dude just dropped a single with Lil Wayne on it. Yeah, Lil that's, Wayne. That's pretty impressive to do. I would say if if you had to ask me which of the biggest rap who was the biggest rappers in the rappers excuse me in the world starting from the beginning of the century all the way up until now I would say that that would be in this order um, that would probably be Jay Z Kanye Lil Wayne Drake no excuse me Jay Z Lil Wayne um, Kanye, Drake, and Kendrick. Okay, that's like the order of the greatest rapper alive. Belt. You start off with Jay Z. You know, I would also accept Eminem because Eminem was like, you know, uh, yeah, right span in like a few years, or he dropped a few. Yeah, really fire exactly. Beats. I would also accept Eminem. Maybe Eminem's like right before. He's like Jay-Z. a six, maybe. He, he's right before, but I'm talking about in chronological order. It basically mm-hmm. went Eminem, then Jay Z, then uh, Lil Wayne, then Kanye, then Drake, and then now Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick, yeah. But for the time that that Damian Lillard was growing up, because he's about our age, uh, it, he listened to Lil Wayne. That was his guy. I bet you. I bet you he was. He was from the West Coast. Um, I bet you Lil Wayne was his dude. And to have him on your track? Yeah, I was going to say top seven rapper on that list from the beginning of the decade and all that stuff. I mean, you're not going after one of the guys that's like big now. It's not like it's... uh, I can't Lil Yachty or something on his track who just... It's like one thing to have Young Thug who I think is really good. But at the same time, it's like... All-timer. Dude, Lil Wayne, like that's and he's doing basically the chorus for you, except for like one verse. Yes, and all of his and all of all of Lillard's bros on that team are be so fucking jealous that Lillard rapped on a track with Lil Wayne. Like, so for me, optics twenty five out of twenty five. All right, so I'm gonna totally agree with you on that because I mean, yeah, getting Lil Wayne to be on that track with you is very impressive. Uh, again, like we said, top five, top three, basically rapper of the past, you know, 20 years easily. Um, so yeah, I mean, he definitely gets full points for me. So I think that puts us both at a, what, 20, 79? 
79. So I think that's right, appropriate. You got C plus. You got C that's plus, Damien. Dame Dollar. That's a that's a good that's a good score. That's a good score. And that's and that's like an objective non, you know, if you want to compare it to a basketball, I mean, I think he's got an A, like a basketball player. But if I mean, you want to talk Michael, about a rap song, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to talk about a rap song that I'm going to throw on, um, that I'm going to listen to, you know, it's a C plus. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not like blow me out of the water, but it's good. It's good. Comes song. on at the gym. You're going to bob your head a little. Yeah. Why not? So yeah. Dame Dalla, run it up. 79 it C plus from the sports dance podcast. Yeah. Check it out this weekend while you're watching the games, before the games, getting ready, while you're barbecuing. Do whatever you got to do. Just listen to it. Exactly. All right, man. Anything else you want to cover before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I think that's about it. Hopefully everybody's fantasy weeks go a little better this week. Uh, I, I went one and one, so you know. I'm, I'm 3-0 in our league, though, so that's all that really yes, matters. You yeah, you can't complain. Nope. I won this week, too, in case anyone's keeping track. Nice all job. right, man. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. The sports, the sports dance. dance.